Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Welcome to another episode of The Blessed Journey. First of all, I must thank everyone who sent me a message or an email after last week's episode. I was having a bit of a rough time. It was a bit of a, you know, a loss of a friend and nearly the loss of a beloved pet. But I hope that the content wasn't just for my own catharsis, that you actually found some benefit in the wisdom that I shared there. And if not relevant now, that maybe that will be an episode that you can drop back into when you are having a bit of a a tough time in your life as well. But on the up and up, um, we're going to look at some other really interesting topics this week. There are two major retrogrades happening in October. One you'll probably be more familiar with, and the second one you'll probably find is actually more impactful, or that's what I've found in my life. So the first one is Mercury Retrograde. The Mercury retrograde happens uh, about three or four times a year for about a period of three weeks. Then the other one I want to dive deeply into today is around the topic of our love life and it's Psyche retrograde. And we'll dive into that one as well. Before we start looking at Mercury retrograde, I want to talk about what a retrograde actually is. So If you were to sit outside and actually just take a note of where the sun and the moon travel, they kind of travel along a path, the same path, in fact, or I like to call it a little train track. And not only do the sun and the moon travel along that track, but all the other planets do as well, from Mercury, Venus, Mars, all the way out to Pluto. They all go along that same train track. And obviously they go at different speeds um, based on how far away they are and how how much they're orbiting the sun. Now remember the sun's not actually moving, we're all moving around the sun, but from our earthly perspective, there is this train track that goes around and all the planets go around that. Now the really interesting thing about this is you can grab this amazing app called Star Chart. And I'll put the links in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, you can actually see that line in the sky and you can actually follow it around as well. So everything is kind of all the sun, the moon, they're all traveling along that way. And what will actually happen at some points in time, it will look like one of the planets will slam on its brakes and start going backwards along that train track. Now, is it actually doing that? No, it is not. It's just an optical illusion that is created by the earth, the sun, and that planet, the positions where we are. And when we're on the opposite side of the sun, it can look like one's going the opposite way. So, A retrograde means a planet going backwards. Is it actually going backwards along that train track? No, it is not. It just appears that way. One extra fun thing to know about this train track is that along this train track, I want you to imagine that there are 12 train stations. And these 12 train stations are actually the 12 zodiac signs of Aries, Taurus, Gemini, and so on. So you know when you hear something like someone will say, oh, the moon is in Aquarius or, uh, you know, Venus is in Cancer, or something like that. That will tell you where on that train track, that circular train track that goes around the Earth, where exactly that planet or the Moon is at that point in time. So, for example, this Mercury retrograde is in Scorpio. I'm going to talk about what that means in a little minute. So we know whereabouts, if we were to look up in the sky, it will be sitting in the Scorpio train station of that train track as well. I hope that makes sense. So what happens when a planet goes into retrograde? Well, it looks like it's going backwards in the sky and energetically what's been noticed or observed by our ancestors for the last few thousand years is when a planet goes into retrograde, it takes its energy away from the earth. It stops supporting us in different ways. So each of the planets we know has a different energy and a different influence. So what do we know about Mercury? Mercury is about communication. It's about the written word. It's about short trips. 
it's about electronics, and it's about the thinking mind. So what happens when Mercury is gone, those helpful Mercurian energies coming down to Earth are taken away. So what tends to happen is there tends to be stuff-ups. And, you know, there'll be breakdowns in communication. Your phone or your laptop will play up. Um, you'll run late for trips. It's not good, you know, it's not good for airplane trips. Sometimes you'll miss, miss your plane or something like that. Um, you can feel a bit scattered. Communication breakdowns. All these types of things happening because Mercury is not helping you. So the analogy I like to give when a planet goes into retrograde is I want you to imagine that you're at home and you've got your parent Mercury who helps you with all these things. And suddenly... Mercury's gone away for the weekend, or in this case, gone away for three weeks. You have two choices. You can either collapse on the floor, sob and cry and go, oh, it's not fair, Mercury's gone retrograde. Or you can put on your big kid pants and you can learn how to do it by yourself. And when problems come up, instead of crying and sobbing and blaming Mercury retrograde, you can actually go, ah, this is a breakdown. This is where I'm not too good at communicating here, or this is where I, I don't read emails properly, and I can improve on this. So every retrograde, whether it be Mercury, or Venus, or Mars, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, or Psyche, which we'll talk about today, each of these show us where we have potential to grow. And of course, we always want to be growing. That is the natural order of things. If you think about every animal and every plant on this planet, they all continue to grow and survive. Humans are very interesting in this way. We're one, probably the only species that kind of goes, nah, I'm done. I'm just happy to kind of sit back here and just chill out now. Every animal, every day is looking to grow, to procreate, to do their thing. Every plant will keep growing and growing, stretching towards the sun. Humans, it's in a, it is a natural state to keep growing and developing, but somehow we can get a little bit lazy. So let's dive in a little bit into this Mercury retrograde and what we can expect. This is going to be the last one of 2020. So Mercury retrogrades happen often, but quick. Other retrogrades will often less will happen less often, but last for a longer period of time. So as I said before, this Mercury retrograde is in the sign of Scorpio. So this brings in a few other kind of, I guess, flavours. Each of the retrogrades, the Mercury retrogrades especially, are flavoured by whichever sign it's actually happening in. So what you'll find, it, being Scorpio, what I love about Scorpios is they are so passionate and they're a watery sign. So there's a lot of emotionality. So you may find that you may become overly emotional during this time and that your communication can become overly emotional. And what may end up coming out of your mouth because this heightened emotional state may not always be rational or as rational as you'd like. So just be really careful about that. And also, not only yourself, but be aware that everyone is in this together. And so show a little bit more compassion, kindness, tolerance when people do get a little bit snappy, a little bit bitey, a little bit, you know, overly emotional at you as well. Now, it's not all kind of um, bad news. Because, yes, you'll be a bit more emotional, but Scorpio is also a very intuitive and psychic sign. And so your perceptions are actually going to be heightened. So just try not to let yourself and your suspicions or your insecurities try and, um, you know, make you feel that emotional unstable as well. Really drop into what's happening. You know, the scorpion has that stinging tail and you want to keep that under control. And make sure that you're not accusing or attacking anyone um, without any evidence, without any hard evidence of this time. Um, negotiations may be a little bit strained for the next three weeks. So this is happening from the 14th of October to the 4th of November, this Mercury retrograde, um, because everyone will seem a little bit more resistant to commit as well. So if you can hold off till the start of November, after the 4th of November, things will flow a little bit better. So what are some good things to do at, during this time? Well, you've got enhanced intuition, so some deep self-reflection is really good. Scorpio is to do with our sexuality, so exploring issues around your sexuality and even visiting an astrologer or a clairvoyant or a psychic um, to kind of get you questioning those bigger questions. This is a really great time to do that. Um, look at why um, 
you are sudden or very quick to react in situations. What just makes you go straight away? Like you go from zero to a hundred in being annoyed. And and it's gonna show you somewhere where there's something that needs to be dealt with as well. Um, is it like some old baggage that you need to deal with? Um, and so this is a really good time for resolving issues, especially that have haunted you from as far back as childhood as well. Um, you know, question yourself, what are your key compulsions in your life? How can you transform them? How can you become a bit more stable? All this can kind of help during this type of time. So let me give you some crystals and some essential oils that you might want to bring in around you at this time to kind of support you in this type of way. So let's talk, look a little bit with communication. How can we communicate clearly and more effectively? Now this is for Scorpio retrograde or uh, Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, but any Mercury retrograde. And my favorite crystal to go for, obviously we're looking at our throat chakra. We're looking at blue, especially when it comes to that communication. And blue fluorite is absolutely amazing. So fluorite as a crystal grow in squares or cubes. And any crystal that grows in a square or a cube helps to put things back in order. So when we, when we are finding that our communication is a little bit all over the place, what you'll find is that it really helps to have a crystal that helps you get really clear and really concise with your communication. So wearing that crystal, having it in a necklace, having it near your throat, or you know, even meditating with it on there is really great, especially if you have something clear to communicate or you've got to give a talk or presentation, um, or if you have become rather emotional and you need to sit down and, and have a proper conversation with someone, blue fluorite is absolutely amazing. Now, blue fluorite can be a little bit harder to find. You can get rainbow fluorite where you often get purple and green and little bits of blue in it. That'll do. But if you can find a blue one, that's going to be the ultimate best in that type of way as well. If you are finding um, that you want some essential oil help, this is where I'd be working if you need to be open with your communication, eucalyptus. Diffusing eucalyptus around your home, anointing it on the um, throat chakra can be really, really powerful as well. That can be great. If you feel that there is something you need to get off your chest, cypress can be really good. And one of my favorite oils, it is a harder oil to find. It's a variety of cypress oil, but it doesn't come from the leaf like most cypress oils come. It comes from the wood and it's known as hinoki. Hinoki is an amazing essential oil for the throat chakra. Um, and it's renowned, it's a type of cypress, it's native to Japan, and it's renowned for growing very um, erect and straight, upright. It's very, um, it's used to build a lot of, um, especially religious and spiritual um, monuments and buildings, pagodas, different things like that in Japan because of how hardy and how straight it is in the way that it grows. So thus, that property is carried on to the essential oil, and Hinoki allows us to speak directly and clearly. And because of its spiritual um, kind of links as well. It helps us to communicate really well with the universe and be really direct of the universe. This is what I want, but really great with people as well. So if you're finding that your communication is getting a little bit volatile, then I'd be looking at your, your blue fluorite um, and your, your eucalyptus, your cypress, your hinoki essential oils. Um, if you are finding as well, remember I said, let's see if we can all be a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more caring during Mercury retrograde. Remember, communication isn't just about your ability to talk, it's also about your ability to listen. And so this is where angelite is really great. It's my favorite crystal for helping you to just stop and listen to what is happening. So if you find that you're getting a bit kind of, you know, jumping into those conclusions that I was talking about before, or getting a bit abrupt, or there's communication breakdown, stop, pause, listen, with your angelite would be really, really good as well. And um, Roman chamomile works really well with that if you do need to kind of calm your farm down. Now, the exciting thing about when Mercury goes into retrograde is um, your communication does, doesn't go so well kind of thing, or there can be trolls with that. We've got some crystals and also help with that. And the intellectual mind, which is ruled by Mercury, can kind of get a little bit faulty as well we we kind of don't concentrate we make silly mistakes we miscalculate i know i've made in the last couple of days some miscalculations because half of australia has switched with daylight savings and the other states don't so i've booked in some things double booked some things and trying to fix all that up type of thing so some crystals that can really help with the intellect and the mind um you can use sodalite 
blue sodalite is really good. Another crystal that grows in squares, but it's an indigo color, so it's more to do with that mind. So it's really good for focusing the mind. Lapis lazuli can be really good as well. But my favorite is yellow tourmaline. Now, yellow tourmaline, you may have to do a little bit of hunting for this. You may not just have one of these readily available. It's a bit of a rarer crystal. But tourmalines grow in these kind of rods, and so they help to balance out different things. They also help, yellow tourmaline is renowned if you're ever making a crystal grid. I do need to do an episode on crystal grids, don't I? If you're ever making a crystal grid, or if you're ever doing any working where you need to speed things up, yellow tourmaline speeds things up. So with the mind, it speeds up the mind. The reason yellow tourmaline is associated with the mind is yellow is a color of the intellect. And so that works really well. So this backward and forwards motion that yellow tourmaline has because it grows in rods, it kind of sends energy backwards and forwards along its structure like waves of the ocean. It helps to balance out our intellect and be very clear with our intellect as well. So this can be really great. But we also want to not try and butt against the energy that's happening at the moment. So what will happen is our intellectual capacities, look at me already struggling to speak, our intellectual capacities will be reduced, but that then gives way for our intuition. Now our intuition has been kind of, um, is always kind of overshadowed by our, um, by our intellect. Our intellect and our talking mind is often, you know, that's the monkey mind that's always going, always thinking, always worrying, all that type of thing. And it's not until we quieten down that our intuition actually can be heard. So because the intellectual mind is quietened during Mercury retrograde, it's a time of heightened intuition. So what is your favorite third eye or intuitive crystal? What ones do you really like to work with? So these can be crystals like, um, again, Lapis of Lully is really good for the intuition. That could be one you would reach for. I love Tanzanite. That's one of my favorites. Or you might want to look for something like Tanzan Aura Quartz, one of the Aura Quartzes. But mainly your deep blue, your indigo crystals, these are the ones that really enhance the intuition. So during the day, you might want to work with you know your blue crystals to make sure that you're communicating clearly. And at night, you might want to kind of bring in the intuitive ones and do some meditation and that type of thing, especially with the Scorpio um, Mercury retrograde, really, really powerful to get some great guidance and messages in that type of way. And if you've got some yellow tourmaline, that's going to be divine as well. Essential oil-wise, during the day, we'd want to have some real focusing of the mind oils. So this is where I would use small leaf essential oils. So we're looking at things like rosemary, basil, peppermint. All these are really going to help to focus the mind, whereas with the intuition at night, you want to open your perception, you want to open your guidance, so you're looking for big tree leaf oils. So things like Siberian fir, Douglas fir, black spruce, um, eucalyptus again could be really good. Even spearmint, although it's a small plant, can be quite good for the intuition as well. It just helps you to kind of open up your mind in different ways. So kind of do a bit of a switch between sunrise and sunset. Allow when you need that, in, um, that intellectual mind, that thinking mind to be on while you're working throughout the day. Have those real focusing oils and crystals and the communication. And then at night, allow the intuition to bubble up to the surface and get that real profound kind of um, guidance in that type of way. Now, the other thing that we've talked about with this Mercury retrograde is emotionality and that different emotions will come up, especially because this is in a water sign of Scorpio. So when emotions come up, it's a sign that there's, it's your soul basically trying to communicate something with you. And you have two options. You can either drown in the, you know, oh, the too much emotion and that type of thing. Or you can go, okay, what is this emotion trying to tell me? If I'm not happy, then something is not right in my soul journey. And you can actually use different crystals and oils to help you with this. So one crystal that I love, and this is going to help with your communication, but it's also going to help with emotional healing, is Aqua Aura Quartz. What is Aqua Aura Quartz? Well, this is a crystal that is created when you get clear quartz and you put it in a heated vacuum with pure gold. And they fuse together to make this vibrant blue crystal. Now, some people do have an issue with the aura quartzes. I was like, oh, you know, it's it's man-made, man-made it and that type of thing. Yes, it is man-made, but it's actually man-made with um, natural ingredients. And if, it, if we ever have a really hot day here on Earth, about 2,000 degrees and a bit of vacuum, then it would form naturally. 
So whereas other um, crystals are kind of put there injected with dyes and colorings and all that type of thing, this is a, a bit of a man-made crystal, but it's from a natural kind of process, just in a very heated, vacuous environment and that type of thing. I actually find this crystal really powerful and really helpful to using the crystal work. Now, let's look at the different aspects of aqua or a quartz. So we've got clear quartz, which you know is an amplifier and a balancer of energy. We've got gold, which is healing and expansive. And this crystal aqua aura is actually beautiful and blue. So this is a crystal of healing communication. So what will tend to bubble up during this Mercury retrograde, especially after sunset, is issues. Things from childhood, things that are unresolved. And this is your chance to actually look at these and find ways to communicate about them. And what might be a good idea is allow these issues to come up um, during Mercury retrograde. And then when our communication improves and Mercury drops back in to help us out from the 4th of November uh, um, onwards, that's going to be the best time to, if you need to have a chat to your parents about something that happened ages ago, or there's something that you've realized with a partner needs to be resolved, then this is going to be the ideal time to do that. Again, working with um, aqua aura quartz, it's your eucalyptus is going to be absolutely amazing. Your Roman chamomile, your cypresses, all those types of ones are really good for clearing out and having clear flow of communication as well. If you are also finding that you're overly emotional, aquamarine can really help to balance the emotions. Larima can help to promote uh, balance promotions and blue calcite can wash away excess emotions as well. So consider those ones. Now, if you're just starting to learn about crystals and I'm throwing a lot of crystals out today, I would just recommend going for, um, just go for the colors. So in the evening, it's great to work with dark blue or indigo crystals. And during the day, it's really great to work with sky blue and lighter blue crystals in that way. If you do know your crystals and particular ones, go with what works well for you. Um, one final, now I'm going to give you two final crystals actually. Another one, it can get a little bit crazy during this time because everyone's a little bit more emotional, things are not going right, there can be a bit of frustration. So it's good to have some grounding. My favorite crystal for grounding during this time is um, a crystal called Botswana Agate. Now, it's not going to be the prettiest crystal in the world, but I find it quite interesting. It's actually this brown and white crystal. It has these lines in it, and it almost looks like tree rings. And how it was formed, it was formed through thousands upon thousands of years of volcanic activity in Botswana. And so just like you get the rings of a tree showing you the history of the tree, the Botswana agate is actually showing you layers and layers of volcanic and different activity in the earth in Botswana. So what you have is, is you have this fiery energy from volcanic energy and then what happens is it's now become grounded in a form of agate. And agate is very calming, grounding, stabilizing. So when you think about it, often in the morning we wake up and we're feeling good about ourselves, we're in a good mood and that type of thing. And then what happens? Some fool ruins it somehow. Maybe our partner says something silly or someone at work says something or someone cuts us off and we get, ah. And we end up giving away some of our energy. Can you relate to that? And as the day gets more and more chaotic, we give away more of our energy. And by the end of the day, we're feeling totally out of sorts, totally chaotic, and we're being swept up in a storm of emotionality. So what Botswana Agate helps to do is it grounds us. And like that volcanic energy, it allows us to hold our energy in. So when the chaos around us of Mercury retrograde is happening, we can actually hold on and not get swept up in that and retain our power. And this is why I love Botswana Agate. And I pair it with the essential oil of Arborvitae. Now, Arborvitae is a variety of cedarwood tree. Um, it's a Western red cedar. And these trees are absolutely massive. They grow up in Canada and they, again, point, head up towards the heavens. Now, the interesting thing about the oil in these trees it is so dense and abundant in the heartwood of these trees that no pest will bore in and it ne this tree never rots even when it falls over when it's died it takes thousands of years to decompose because nothing will kind of get into it because of that oil so just as the oil protects the tree when we work with this oil it protects us from things that are pesky to us or that they're eating at us so it can stop from distractions. It can stop from little irritations getting to us a little bit more. And all that type of thing. It kind of says, hey, 
just leave me alone because like the tree heading towards the heavens, I'm on a direct path heading along my spiritual path or my heavenly mission and that type of thing. So these two can be really good to help ground you and send to you Botswana Agate and Arbor Vitae. So if you find between now and the 4th of November you are getting swept up a little bit, then um, I definitely go with those two. My final crystal pick um, is going to be a crystal called Chrysocola. Chrysocola is a greeny blue crystal. You get different shades in it. And this really helps with emotional release. It's going to help when you get upset during this Mercury retrograde, but it's also going to help you with that healing aspect as well. So if you only carry one crystal, Chrysocola would be my pick. And the essential oil I'd pair with that in this case would be lemongrass. Lemongrass, if you think about the shape of the lemongrass, this time it's these blades of grass. They're like swords and they have to cut away. They bring clarity and we need this clarity in this time so that we have clear communication, so that we don't end up making false accusations with lack of truth, so we're clear on what we're what we're thinking, because we are overly emotional. It can also help with that intuition and clear intuitive guidance as well. And it can be used to cut away emotional hurts and pains that come up during this Mercury retrograde as well. So those would be kind of my all-star two picks, especially for this Mercury retrograde. So that is Cressicola for your crystal and lemongrass for your essential oil. Now, if you check out my Instagram and my Facebook and also my YouTube, um, I've done some videos and some um, blends and different things where you can incorporate these two in um, these crystals, these oils and other little ones. I'm talking a lot about Mercury retrograde for the next week because it's such a hot topic and you'll get some other guidance there as well. But I hope that's kind of given you a general gist of what you can expect and also what you can do to prepare for this as well. So we're going to jump in and have a quick break and then I'm going to come back and introduce you to Psyche Retrograde. Uh, Psyche is a really interesting asteroid that impacts deep love. So you're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barrelay. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barrelay. We've been talking about a couple of retrogrades. We've dived in and kind of hopefully thoroughly explored Mercury Retrograde and given you some insight on that. Now we're going to look at Psyche Retrograde. So to understand Psyche Retrograde, this is not a planet but an asteroid. So asteroids are other big rocky or icy bodies that are floating around our solar system and you know humans decide that's a planet that's an asteroid that's a dwarf planet and all those type of things but anything that has great mass will have a pull on our planet and will have a pull on our energy so to understand psyche the asteroid it's really important to understand the mythology behind psyche and this is a bit of an elaborate story so i'm going to share my version of it you will find slightly different versions on the internet but this is the one that i've come to know and love so Psyche was a beautiful young princess. She was said to be the most beautiful girl in the land. And her father was starting to get worried because any suitor or possible husband that would come, she just wouldn't seem to be interested. And he was getting worried that this beautiful girl would never find a husband and would be single all his life. And he'd basically, you know, she'd have to live in the palace with him. So he prayed to the gods. And the gods came back to him and said, Take Psyche and put her on the highest mountain and we will take her to her beloved husband who she's destined to be with. So obeying the gods, the king did this and that night a big wind came and it was actually the west wind known as Zephyrus, the wind in the direction of love, picked up Psyche and carried her far, far away to a big castle. Now as she landed in this castle, it was a splendid castle. It was beautiful. It was absolutely immaculate. And the gardens were perfectly manicured. It was just the most beautiful place she'd ever seen in her life. She was delighted to be there. And she was told that this was her new home and that she could do whatever she wanted during the day. But at night, her husband would come and spend the night with her on one condition. She could never turn on the lights. So she would never see her husband. So... That sounded right to her. So she went around the palace all day. And that night, the first night, her new husband came and they had the most amazing night. It was absolute bliss. And she, in the morning when she woke up, he was gone. And this would happen every night. He would appear and have a beautiful, luxurious night together, full of, you know, bliss and ecstasy and all those pleasurable things. 
but he'd be gone in the morning. Now, after a while, a few months of living in the castle, her two sisters, Psyche's two sisters, came to visit her. And they were slightly, probably always been a little bit jealous of Psyche, simply for the fact that, I guess, someone's got to be the most beautiful. So they were at least, you know, the second or the third most beautiful. And so they said, she was kind of telling this story and they're looking around this beautiful place and they said, do you know what? Your husband's probably a dreadful, ugly monster. And one day he's just going to gobble you up. And she, they started planting these seeds of paranoia in Psyche. So she'd be in this beautiful relationship. She was really happy. And then other people would start to question it and go, hold on, maybe it's not right. So that night after the blissful night that they'd normally spend together, Psyche laid awake, thinking and toying on those words that her sisters had said to her and whether they were true. And she could lightly hear her husband laying next to her, just lightly snoring. Curiosity got the better of her. So she grabbed a lamp, a candle lamp or a wax lamp, um, and shone a light over her husband to find out if he was this dreadful monster. Now, when she got saw what she saw, she got such a shock, she jumped, and some of the wax from the candle actually dripped on her husband and woke him up. Now, he was not a horrid monster. Far from it. He was absolutely a gorgeous man. He was the god of love. He was Cupid. He was Eros, the son of Aphrodite or Venus. But he got woken up by this wax and his wife had betrayed the one agreement that they had made together. And at that, he flew off and never came back again. Now, after Psyche realized what she'd done, she realized how much she loved Eros and how much she had stuffed up. And so she prayed and she you know, called out to Aphrodite and said, Aphrodite, please, please let me be with my husband again. I'm so sorry I made a single mistake. I shouldn't have. She knew the error of her ways. Now, Aphrodite, although she cared about her son, she'd become a little bit jealous of Psyche because everyone would always bang on about how gorgeous Psyche was. And Aphrodite was like, I'm meant to be the most beautiful woman and goddess in on this land. You know, why are they always talking about her? So she wasn't going to make it easy for Psyche to get back with Eros. So she set her all these difficult tasks, almost impossible tasks. For example, one of them was she, at that night, she popped a big meters high pile of four different grains of rice, millet, oats, and barley. And she said, you need to sort that into four piles separately. Now, you know that it would take any of us days on end to be able to sort that out. But she started knowing that this may be her only chance to be back with her beloved husband. And what happened is, in this instance, a whole pile of ants came and that actually helped. And in the morning, there was the four piles. And Aphrodite kept on giving these really impossible missions. And each time, Psyche, because of her love and because she had so much love in her heart, would get through these tasks one way or another. And so eventually, she built got converted from being a mortal girl, a princess, to become a goddess of love. So she was became the goddess, another goddess of love, Psyche, um, and she got to be with Eros for the rest of her life, and she was immortalized. Happy story in the end. So what does this story tell us? Well, you can kind of pick it apart, and we could probably spend several hours picking apart this really complex story. But in a nutshell, what Psyche represents as that goddess figure, and also what the um, asteroid represents, is the trials and tribulations of love and the journey we go through in a relationship. Now, assuming that you have been in a long-term relationship before, whether you're still in one or you have in the past, or a, a deep connected relationship, doesn't mean it's not about time, it's about the depth of it. I'm sure you would agree that somehow... Our partners have the ability to bring up aspects of ourselves, and probably not the best aspects of ourselves sometimes, that we would not show anyone else and we can keep hidden from someone else. Would you agree? I will admit that I can be an absolute tyrant sometimes to my partner, and if it was someone else in my life, I'd bite my tongue and put a smile on and deal with it later, kind of thing. And my partner, I would say, (laughs) I've seen aspects of Jonathan that other people probably wouldn't even understand if I tried to explain um, in that type of way. I'm sure you can relate in that kind of way that we bring out different things and we also bring out the best as well. But what happens is we learn who we are and we find out bits of ourselves that we really keep buried. They come up through love. 
And so be, being brave enough to get into a deep, romantic, intimate relationship and go through the ordeals of that allow us to find out who we are. And throughout a relationship, of course, we're going to question the relationship. We're going to question whether it's right. Just like Saki started to doubt when her sister said, are you sure this is what you want? We will have these journeys in our relationships as well as we get clearer and clearer on what we do and what we don't want in relationships. So that's a little bit about Psyche and Psyche helps us to work through all these different issues in our relationships and to learn who we are through being in an intimate relationship. So if you've got to the point in your life where you're like, nah, I've been hurt too many times and it's just easy to be single, I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm going to suggest you work with different oils such as cobalt, uh, sorry, oils such as um, geranium, which is a floral oil. So floral oils help us to open up. So open up and trust again. Geranium oil is really good. And cobalto calcite, which really cleanses away past hurt and allows us to go, hey, the last one hurt, but hey, I'm willing to do it again. Because without the hurt and the risk of the hurt, there's no glory and there's no ecstasy and there's no all the good aspects of the relationship as well. So those two can really help. So if you're in that position, try working with those two. So what's going to happen during Psyche Retrograde? Well, this happens from the 21st of October all the way for four months until the 22nd of January. Now, what I find with most retrogrades, and this one in particular, is it's normally when a planet's going into retrograde. So the first few days into the first couple of weeks, and also when it comes out to be the most challenging. So what you're going to find is, I'm sorry to say that your romantic or intimate relationships at this point in time, they're going to be stretched. Um, a partner's behavior might leave you kind of feeling a bit betrayed or someone else's comments will have you kind of question, oh, maybe my relationship's not that good or maybe I'm putting up with something I shouldn't. Um, and it can be leaving you feeling a bit insecure about your relationship. Now, this can be when relationships break down because it's questioning and it's challenging in this time. I find that there's a lot more bickering um, and I get bugged a lot more in during whenever Psyche goes into retrograde, this is probably the most traumatic retrograde I find of the year personally. Um, it's where it really kind of, you know, our relationship gets tested. What this is, again, like any retrograde, it's a, it's a tough, challenging time. It brings um, issues and um, things that need to be looked at and examined and considered to the surface so that we can work through them and we can grow and be stronger. So this is a time to question your relationship, go, okay, is this what I really want? Am I willing to go through ordeals like trying to f sort four types of grains into four piles? Am I willing to, you know, and in some of the ordeals that Psyche went through, she nearly died. Am I willing to almost die to go through the hardest in order to really enjoy the bliss of this relationship as well? And if you're not, then after Psyche goes direct on the 22nd of January, it might be a good time to, okay, okay, no, this is not the right one for me. But if you can work through these issues, then it makes your relationship a whole lot stronger in that type of way as well. Um, this is basically your chance to determine your fate by discovering what you truly desire, what you value, and basically what you die for. Psyche's ultimate goal for you is that you face and own who you truly are, and so that you seek relationships that support your highest good. Does your partner, at the end of the day, bring out the best in you or the worst in you? And that's what we can really learn during this time. Take time to try and observe your desires and your feelings as a bit of a gauge, um, as a reaction to what your soul is showing you what you really want. If it feels good, it's in alignment with your soul path. If it's not, then it should be avoided type of thing. But really look at and, and communicate with your partner. This is not a time to just when the bickering starts and walk away type of thing. Now, you may be listening to this podcast and be going, <laughs> suckers in a relationship enjoy your psyche retrograde. But hey, singles are not forgotten at this time either. So what you may notice if you're on the single and the dating scene, that you may notice a lack of authentic potential partners. Events may also occur that will leave you wondering whether um, what you're really looking for in love is still the same. So you go, oh, I keep on going out to nightclubs and meeting people there and it's happened that maybe, maybe that's not the right place for me or that type of thing as well. So this is a period where you might start examining your other loves in your life as well, such as your passions, your hobbies, and your pastimes and that type of thing. 
So this is a really great time to dive into the psyche of the soul. Deep issues will come up. You'll, you, the bickerings to kind of work out who am I and what do I want in love and, and who am I as a person and what do I need to deal with? What are these ugly aspects of myself that I maybe need to learn how to love or learn how to deal with or learn how to manage in different ways as well? And of course, we can reach to the crystal and the essential oil world to help us in different ways. So I want to talk a little bit just briefly about some different crystals of love. Now, a lot of the time when you hear about crystals of love, what do we think about? We think about good old rose quartz. Now, rose quartz is great, but it's got a very gentle and soft energy. It actually works really well with Aphrodite. It's more that kind of superficial attraction, beauty, forgiveness, luxuriating kind of energy. But when we're working with Psyche, we're looking at like soul connections and bringing out the ultimate best and the worst in us so that we can evolve and grow as people as well. And so here, rose quartz isn't going to quite cut it. I'm going to propose some other crystals and oils that you might want to work with. So let's start with the crystals first of all. The first one, my favorite one during Psyche Retrograde, is a pink sapphire. Now you can actually find these, they're not that hard to find. Sapphires come in every color of the rainbow, apart from red, because if it's a red sapphire, it's given another name. It's called a ruby. But sapphires, what they're renowned for is they're renowned for their hardness. And so they're really renowned for their loyalty. They're kind of a symbol of loyalty and sticking, you know, being rock solid in a foundation of a relationship. And the different colors help you commit to different things. Pink sapphires, of course, are going to help you to commit in love. And so a really beautiful one to wear during, um, during Psyche Retrograde to go, okay, I'm going to, you know, during these ordeals, I'm going to be committed to what is really important to me. So pink sapphire can be absolutely amazing in that way. Wearing that over the heart can be absolutely beautiful. Now, we're obviously looking at soul relationships here. We're not looking at kind of trivial, um, you know, Sunday night, one night stand kind of relationships. We're looking at those deep fulfilling ones. So you want to be working with some real high vibration pink crystals. And there is no higher vibration crystal in the love world than kunzite. K-U-N-Z-I-T-E. Kunzite helps us to attract soulmates into our life. So this is not something you want to give to your 14-year-old child to attract their first lover, unless you want that partner to be part of their life forever. This is when you've done your work, you've ready to work with, you know, you'd be with someone important. Kunzite helps you attract them. And then it helps to strengthen those bonds as well. So kunzite can be used for romantic relationships. It also strengthens any other lifelong bond, such as your bonds with your children or your bonds with your parents, because like it or not, or your siblings, they're lifelong bonds. So kunzite is a really good one to help strengthen relationships. So if you feel that it's getting a little bit shaky, I'd reach for my kunzite. If you feel that there's being a bit of imbalance in that time, then I'd go for a crystal called morganite. Morganite is part of the beryl family, um, which is also includes aquamarine, which we talked about before, and um, emerald. And they, again, like the tourmaline, grow in rods, and they send energy backwards and forwards, very equalizing. Pink equalizing is very much about balance in relationships. Equal give and equal take, which is often an issue in relationships. So if you need to stabilize and make sure that there is equal give and take, I'd bring some morganite into your life. Carry it around, but also gridding it around your house can be really helpful. Um, if you've got a beautiful picture of you and your partner, that and a candle, either a white or a pink candle and a piece of morganite can be really, really beautiful as well. It may come during this time that you need to just step away from your partner a little bit. And that doesn't mean that you need to leave the house or anything like that, but you just might need a bit more alone time or that type of thing. This is where especially preparing for um, Psyche Retrograde, getting two crystals that are from the same batch called Pink Petalite. And you bind them together and you keep them together. Ideally, you do this from a new moon to the next new moon or full moon to the next full moon. Um, and you could even do this on the blue moon, which is happening on the 31st of October, which is a special moon that we will talk about in a coming episode. Bind them together so that these two crystals are almost like magnetized together. And then you carry one and your partner carries one. This can also be great if you have a partner that travels, um, you know, does fly in, fly out work and isn't at home for long periods of time. You can do it with lo other loved ones as well. But it helps to keep it, that energetic bond together. 
So if you do need some time apart, it just kind of keeps that little, it tethers you together, like a bit of an umbilical cord, keeping you connected even though you're going far from each other. Now, what crystals do we want to work with if we need to kind of sort through these issues and go, is this relationship right for me? Is it not? That type of thing. There's a great crystal called Bustamite. B-U-S-T-A-M-I-T-E. And Bustamite is a blockage buster. Helps us basically see through our rubbish, see through our shit, and work out what our blocks are and what's stopping us from being at our full potential. So this can be really great. Bustamite often grows within purple crystal known as sugilite. Sometimes pronounced sugilite, but it's sugilite. It was discovered by a Japanese petrologist called Kenichi Sugi. This is a beautiful violet crystal. And this is kind of sometimes touted as the love stone of the new age. Because rose quartz is that old kind of lovey-dovey kind of love. Sugilite reminds you that you are loved by the universe. And that love is unconditional. And that there's you're always being supported throughout your whole life in one way or another. Just not always in the form that you want it. And so when we realize that we are being loved, we can kind of relax and stop those conditions and that harshness and that type of thing. So sugilite and bustamite will often grow together. So you get this purple and orangey pink crystal growing together as one. Really powerful during this time as well. Rhodochrosite is a beautiful pink crystal with white lines in it. It's found mainly in South America. And there, the indigenous people believe that it's actually formed from the blood of their ancestors, layer upon layer, when they've been... Um, buried in the ground and so again it helps that connection to our soulmates to our those that we love in that type of way so this can be a, as i said a really rocky time but we've got those crystals kind of bring us in that stability other oils that i'd incorporate as well my two favorite ones during psyche retrograde first one is palmarosa so we talked about lemongrass before being those blades of grass like sword and i often say lemongrass is your sword of light cuts away rubbish and brings clarity. Palmarosa is part of the lemongrass family. They're related. But this is your sword of love. So it cuts away and brings clarity. Palmarosa is an amazing essential oil. It's great in skincare. Put one drop um, in some moisturizer and rub it on your face at night. Um, it's great to diffuse. I actually think, you know, doTERRA does it. It's a limited time oil. Um, in the bottle, it smells like a, hay, a horse stable or hay or straw. But when you actually pop it in your hand and let it kind of open up or put it in diffuser, it smells a lot more like roses. So really, really beautiful. But really helps you be really clear and be a warrior of love. And also not to give up on love. And not to give up too early. If you're someone who gives up too easily, believe in love and the virtues that loving intimate relationships bring. It can be really, really powerful. Um, pink pepper. Pink pepper is an amazing essential oil. Um, for health, um, I love it. I, it's one I have every single day. Um, I use that mainly, I pop it in a veggie cap and I have three drops in a veggie cap each morning um, for anti-mutagenic properties. But I also love it because it is about discernment of the heart as well and being really clear with the heart. So palm rose and pink pepper together can be really quite potent during a um, psyche retrograde. You know, then you may want to kind of create a bit of intimacy with your partner if you feel that there is a bit of a stretch. Remember that that coldness is okay. The more you draw away from each other, the more stronger you can come back. But if you do need to create a bit more intimacy, this is where I'd bring um, possibly neroli. It's really good for helping us to open up more intimately in relationships, or a really beautiful one in that type of way. And of course, good old Rose. Rose really helps to lift those expectations and allows you to relax into the relationship and really, really enjoy the relationship in that type of way. So that would be an amazing one as well. It'll help, you know, Rose raises your vibration, helps take you beyond um, petty little arguments that may, may arise at this time. Um, you know, just starting like that little tiny rosebud that it does and then it starts to open up layer upon layer. And just as Rose helps to open, it helps the heart to unfurl and helps us to, you know, get more and more layers of love as well. So this can be really quite powerful. So I love it in that type of way. So, you know, when you're doing that kind of introspective kind of work, work with your pink pepper and your palm rosa, when you need to kind of bring, come back and I guess reunite with your partner, this is where your neroli and your rose essential oil is great. Remember if you're working on trust issues, then you can um, go for geranium. Other floral oils that can be really good if you need to listen to your own inner guidance. Clary sage, 
If you just need to slow down and take it easy and it's getting stressful, lavender. If you need to open up to a bit of pleasure, ylang-ylang. If you need to kind of open up to a bit more divine guidance in your intuition, uh, then jasmine can be great. I also find blue tansy can be great. I also find blue um, uh, yarrow can be really great as well for helping with that guidance in that type of way. And if you need to just be a bit more playful, then I'd look at a essential oil such as Kananga, which is another floral oil very similar to Ilang-Ilang as well. So that's what you can kind of expect over the next few um, weeks. The main time I'm going to kind of earmark as being a bit of like a red flag time that's going to be a little bit tough is probably around the 15th of October till about the 4th, 5th, 6th of November. In this time, Mercury is going to be in retrograde, so we're going to have that snappy kind of over-emotional um, communication. Plus, you've got Psyche going into retrograde, and there is another movement that's happening by a major asteroid, Ceres, and Ceres is very much about nourishment. So you're probably going to feel um, a bit lonely, a bit you know, um, isolated from your partner and really kind of a bit volatile. So really ground yourself. What are your favorite crystals? What are your favorite oils? Get out in nature, spend some time by yourself, nourish yourself, make yourself feel loved, and that's going to get you through this period. Now, the great thing with the retrogrades, as you'll see, a lot of people on social media are always promoting it's a retrograde, chaos, anarchy, be worried, all those types of things. And I want to say, no, 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 no. That is not the truth. This is a great time for us to learn. Hopefully this podcast and this episode has helped to give you some guidance on what's going to be best for you during this retrograde, how to lean into these lessons, how to take advantage of these lessons, which oils to pop in your diffuser, which ones to be using in your aromatic dressing, in your skincare, in your cooking, all those different things, what crystals to wear and carry and have near you, and so you can take advantage of this time. I'd love to hear from any of you. My contact details are below in the show comments and the show messages. Please reach out and ask questions. Let me know how it um, manifest for you. I might have some stories, hopefully nothing too <laughs> dramatic, um, as you know, th these things start to unfurl over the next few um, weeks. But we're all in this together. And these, this is our opportunity to grow. And as I said earlier in the show, as humans, we've got to keep growing. That's how we become, it keeps life interesting, it stops it getting mundane. And that's how we become better, more fully actualized versions of ourselves. Good luck. Over the next two retrogrades, I'll join you next week when we'll dive into some other gifts of nature and how they're relevant to what's happening in our life and in the time right now. Thank you so much for joining me on the Blessed Journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so that you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. Find me under Adam Barillet at YouTube and Instagram as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillet on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.